1: Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits, and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before.
0: Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? So, Jackie,
1: today's episode we've got Bitter and Hannah who were part of uh, the low carb universe. Uh, you've got some updates on what's happening with Low carb Universe?
2: Yeah, Bitter is no longer um part of the team, and um I think she's gone off doing translation for people, so it's now run
1: solely by Hannah. Mm-hmm. And you, we well, we both have met uh, Bitter and Hannah at various times at the PHC conference. Um, I remember meeting um, Bitter and Hannah at the 2018 conference, and you were met them at uh, the 19 conference.
2: Yeah, I met them at the meal in the evening. So yeah, it was good to have a quick chat
3: with them.
1: Yeah, and lovely ladies, you know, very approachable and, you know, they really should be commended, you know, for what they're trying to achieve with the low carb universe as a all inclusive uh, retreat for people that want to have a low carb experience in Mallorca. I mean, if you're going to be choose a place to be low carb, you know, Mallorca would be be quite quite someplace. Have you been to Mallorca?
2: I lived in Mallorca for 10 years. Well. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know Solier where they do it quite well. so We used to. If anybody came over to visit me, that was one of our day trips to Solier, and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And the conference sounds amazing. I would love to go. It's very small and personal, so they don't have a. It's not a huge conference. It's really um top notch by the sound of mm. it. Very catered. Yeah. So when when we did this recording. Um, which was back in October 19, I believe, I had a cold. So you'll hear the difference in my voice uh, as we go into the recording.
1: So let's roll the tape, as they say,
2: and we'll catch up
1: with our listeners at the end.
2: Welcome, Bitter and Hannah, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you on the show. Well,
3: thank, thank you, you for for so much us. for
2: having us. It's It's my pleasure, absolutely my pleasure. So I think what I like to do with my guests before we start is find out a little bit about you. And the first thing I want to know is where in the world are you? Oh,
4: I'm in my laundry room in Palma de Mallorca, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> but I
4: actually <laughs> live in Sweden. But I, we have an apartment here because we have relatives down here, so we try to be here as much as we can.
0: Excellent. I, uh, I used
4: to
2: live in Mallorca. Oh, where in Mallorca? In Port de Buenca. Ooh, great place! Yeah, I was there for ten
4: years.
3: Oh, nice! That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm unfortunately not in Majorca. I am in my podcast studio at home, just outside of Zurich in Switzerland. Okay. Are you Are you Swiss, Hannah? No, I'm not Swiss. Uh, not yet, uh, at least. <laughs> but I've been living here for twenty years, so ah, it's excellent. it's going that way. <laughs> No, you're not Majorcan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that doesn't surprise me. Are you Swedish? Yes,
3: I'm super Swedish. Both of us are Swedish.
2: (laughs) Excellent. How did you meet?
3: Oh, well. Your turn. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It was like this.
4: Uh, I had um, signed up for uh, uh, a keto cruise in the Caribbean. And they started like a small Facebook group for all the guests coming on that Particular mm-hmm. cruise. And uh, Hannah saw me and my name, and so she sent me a friend request saying, Oh, I'm Swedish. I'm going to. I'm also a, a dietary coach. Shall we be friends? And I just, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we, we started to, we, we actually created a chat on Facebook. That's now been going on daily since that day.
2: Yeah, it cruise.
4: has. And oh, was
2: yeah. that was that a Jimmy Moore cruise? Yeah. yeah.
4: Excellent.
2: So when was that?
4: That was in 14? 14. Yeah. But, but we went, the cruise was uh, 15. Okay. So we actually met the first time, I think, in uh, 15 on the Yeah, cruise. something like that. Yeah, something like that, yes.
2: Great. So... Um, who shall I start with? Hannah, um, tell us a bit about how you got started on, I don't know if, you're, if your way of eating, would you, can, would you call it keto or low carb? How would you define it? Interchangeable.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, eating real food really is, is the whole concept and uh, my motivation to get started was that I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was two years old, mm-hmm. so a few years ago. Um and I uh, well I followed the guidelines uh, and I realized at the age of twenty six or twenty seven that I'm not sure if I'll see my thirtieth birthday. Wow! And at that time I was doing I was reeducating myself to be a, a um, nutrition coach. And my teacher pointed me out in front of the the class and he's like, "Well, Hannah, you know, you don't even make insulin. We were talking about carbs and how they work in the body and blah 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 all of this stuff and and how it." it's physiologically possible to uh, do it another way. And uh, he's like, well, you know, you don't even make insulin. So if I were you, I would think twice what I put in my mouth. And that was really my aha, wake up call. Um, I got really angry because for 20, 26 years at that point or something, I uh, had been told... And really brainwashed that carbs was really necessary for my survival and that I had to balance out the insulin that I took with sugar and carbs and that was my reality and when I started (laughs) playing around a little bit with going lower carb I went first of all I went to a really liberal paleo sort of uh, project thing going on and uh, so all the fruits were still there and all the Um, well honey was there as well and all that stuff still because I didn't have anyone to help me I was completely alone in this and I didn't have support from my doctor I didn't have support from any sort of medical staff and doing this with a chronic disease is a little bit um, more I wouldn't say challenging but it is more you have to think more um, in terms of what you're doing yeah, And uh, so I noticed straight away that my blood sugars got a lot better. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Have people really been lying to me for 26 years in terms of what I should eat, how I can feel my best, how I can really be healthy? And yes, uh, it turns out they had, which wasn't nice. Uh, and I was really angry and upset. And I didn't really know who to trust after that. And so then I slowly, slowly started uh, taking more and more out. So first paleo and well, actually, first of all, get rid of all the gluten because uh, type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease
2: yeah.
3: and uh, gluten and autoimmunity doesn't exactly match really that great. And so first of all, I took out the gluten. I noticed straight away and then I went paleo, noticed even better. And then I sort of step by step started going lower and lower carbs until I sort of got into a how low can I go (laughs) (laughs) kind of mindset (laughs) (laughs) because my blood sugar values and my A1Cs and everything uh, blood pressure cholesterol everything started getting better and better the less carbs I ate and for me it's really uh, in a ketogenic sort of range of carbs where I feel the best so under about 20 grams of carbs a day which is ridiculous if you look at the standard or normal care for, for diabetes. Because then 20 grams is a snack. Yeah. <laughs> One snack out of three or four snacks a day. And so for me, uh, I've completely turned diabetes, my diabetes care uh, completely around. Done a complete 180. And yeah, now I try to inspire others to dare to do the same. Yes.
2: I've met lots of um, type 1 diabetics and, oh. and they're so
3: scared
2: of changing. It their... is scary.
3: It is scary. Yeah, because you are brainwashed into thinking that carbs are your only chance of survival at all.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Vita, tell us a little bit how you
2: started.
4: I was uh, the Jojo dieting queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had... Uh, I had had uh, problems with gastritis for many years and reflux. And uh, I found about 2006 or seven. I found out about the gly- glycemic index way of eating. And uh, I started eating that way and I lost weight. But my stomach still remained quite uh, uh, not so good. And after, when, when you went on this glycemic index uh, diet, you started with, uh, the first phase was, um, eating a lot of fat. And, uh, as soon as I turned over to the second or third, sometimes I came to the third phase, my, my stomach broke down. And, uh, I, I, I gave up after a while. And uh, I started eating everything that you shouldn't be eating. Mm-hmm. But then I I I was so fed up one day, and I just Googled a uh, nice diet uh, and gastritis, and I ended up at uh, Doctor Annika Dahlqvist's blog, and I started reading, and uh, it, she said that oh, you should eat more fat, and you should eat cream. And full fat dairies and cheese and meat, and I thought, oh, lady, you got <laughs> it so wrong. <laughs> and but but something, something. It was like a seed that uh, was planted in my brain.
2: Yeah.
4: So I, I started reading more about this, and um, I I discovered uh, Dr. Andreas Enfeldt, Mm-hmm. And I started following his, his blog, and I went on to forums and things. And after one year, I dared going low-carb. And I just went cold turkey from uh, one day to another. And it was the best decision I've ever taken coming to my health and my my both mental and physical well-being. And uh, I, it took about three days and I my tummy was uh, calm and uh, uh, after three months I had lost 10 kilos I had uh, quit snoring and I was uh, uh, I had actually gone to the doctors because of my snoring so I was taking uh, those cortisol um, sprays every night so that my husband Shouldn't divorce me, uh, <laughs> and uh, so it was really bad. I had chronic uh, inflammation in my in my nose, and uh, I was much more energetic. My skin was smoother, and I was just feeling wonderful. And I didn't exercise anything during these three months, and I ate like maybe three thousand calories a day. I ate almost one package of bacon each morning with two fried eggs. And then I had lunch. It was fish uh, or meat with some veggie. Uh, Mostly I had cauliflower or broccoli and butter or a fat sauce. And the same for for dinner. And I always took an evening snack this first period. So I had two deciliters of full-fat cream, heavy cream. And berries every night, and I still lost weight. And I think that I adapted very easily to this way of eating. And I think that my body was so fed up with all my dieting and uh, stupid things with pills and powders and calorie counting that it was like, oh, hallelujah! When it finally got uh, nutrition and enough energy.
2: Yeah. And I think that's one of the key things is not to cut down too much on the calories you need your body actually needs the calories
3: to yes in the
2: beginning in the
4: beginning you need it to adapt
2: yeah yeah so did you have any cravings at that at the beginning no nothing nothing nothing
4: yeah okay the the berries and the cream (laughs) that (laughs) that, that, that's a nice uh, and a nutritious uh, craving Yes, so, and I I
2: could still get um, addicted to berries and cream or chocolate and cream. I could have that every day if I chose to.
4: Ah, no, I I I can get it in periods, but I think that uh, because I've been doing this in January, I've been doing this for eleven years, mm-hmm. and I think that my I have been um, I've learned what my body is signaling, yeah. and I I and I know what if. if If it says, "Oh, I want candy," I know that's not my my body actually signaling. That's something inside here, created by myself. But but if uh, it could be like, I can't tell you how much uh, carbs I eat every day. I don't uh, have special meal times. I can eat one time a day. I can eat two times. I sometimes eat breakfast, and it could be anything from. A totally vegetarian uh, meal, like I love fried uh, cabbage with uh, cream and garlic, and I can mm-hmm. eat only that. And then I can have three days eating just meat, and, and and I seldom add butter nowadays because my body doesn't want doesn't need it. And and that's that wasn't a, a conscious decision decision I made. It was just that one day I felt I don't need that.
2: Yeah. So yeah, exactly.
4: And and I I'm uh, I've been just been uh, through the all all this menopausal things, and I'm 53. I should be gaining a lot of weight. I should be depressed. I should be tired, and I'm not. So yeah, <laughs> so you have to listen. And 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 I I think that many people that have problems with their weight after being low carb for a couple of years quit all that extra fat because you don't need
3: it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot about daring to listen to your body as well. Mm. Um, and your body will tell you when you've, when you've had enough. Yeah. There is, of course, a difference if you uh, sort of are fighting with something like sugar addiction or, you know, yes. something like that, because then yes. you're trying to sort of fill that void yeah. uh, that the sugar addiction sort of is, for example, and... Um, it's then it's of course different Then maybe there are other ways of, of getting to what your body really is signaling to you but generally if that is not a part of your problem uh, areas then definitely your body will tell you what is going on and what it needs just as Bito was saying with you know sometimes it's vegetarian sometimes it's carnivore sometimes it's absolutely um, it's yummy good. you know lots of food and then it's a little food and yeah so listening to your body is the is one of the keys for for success, for long term success I think.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 another thing I think is very important, as as Hannah mentioned, real food. I yeah. I totally avoided like um, potatoes and fruits the first first few years. But since I'm I'm totally healthy, I don't have diabetes. I, I'm not overweight. I, I'm not addicted to sugar, so. I think now that I have healed my body quite well. So I'm actually, I'm not uh, saying I will never eat potato again. I can eat it once a week now, nowadays. So I think uh, when people say you are not allowed to eat that and you can't eat that, that's not low carb. You need to see the whole picture.
3: Yeah, you need to see the nuances, and also that is true in the beginning. Yes, absolutely. Yes, freaking potatoes. But (laughs) oh no,
4: no, no. But but I'm not not eating it daily.
3: Yeah, absolutely
4: not. It's like uh, once a week, maybe.
2: Yeah, real food and not much. Before I started, I would have never considered a meal without potatoes, preferably, Mm. but otherwise rice. But rice was not my favorite, and now. I have, you know when I have potatoes? Christmas Day, roast potatoes. There you go. But Ooh. I don't worry about that because I know that it's one day and then the next day I'll be back to how I normally eat. Exactly. Hannah, you um, you sort of eased your way into low-carb, yeah. a keto.
3: Did, did you have any cravings when you started? Not. Really, um, I, I had more, not for anything specific. I had more the cravings of sort of sensations of food rather than the food itself. So, for example, a sandwich, uh, because that was, you know, a healthy, ahem, a diabetic <laughs> snack was a sandwich, of course. And that I could miss for a long time, Um, like the sensation of eating a sandwich, (laughs) but not actually the bread itself or what it does to my blood sugar or how I feel afterwards. And that's actually one of the the questions that I get a lot is, so do you do you never want dessert? And I'm like, well, of course I want dessert. I am human. Of course, I will at some point want dessert. But then I also realize I try to think ahead a step or two and I'm like, how I'm going to feel in. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I know the answer is without a doubt, absolutely not great. Yeah. So then it doesn't become worth it for me, but no cravings. I can't say because it was such an easy uh, and, or eased way in. So I only took away things in portions, so to speak. I never really got a craving like that. Mm, Yeah. If I've been doing
2: it for quite a long time now what's different now from when you started
3: well it is that that thing that that bit mentioned is to listen to your body more and sort of go more with with the flow rather than uh something that you've printed out from an internet uh, sort of resource it is more feeling what do you need not counting as much not not trying to sort of stick to a to a certain carb limit or something because you know you're not eating it anyway, so why count them? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it, it's become a lot more focusing on protein because that is what our bodies are built of. That's what muscles are built of, cells. Everything is built out of protein or amino acids. And then sort of fat if my body needs it. If it doesn't, then, you know, it's fine. And then some sort of vegetable if it wants it or not. But there's a lot that has changed because I, I started with, you know, really the religious, <laughs> the religious counts of this is how many carbs you should have, and this is what you should have to it. And um, in the beginning, I played around a lot more with recipes, for example, yeah. which I don't really do now. Okay, on and off because it's a hobby for my husband and myself to cook together. So sometimes we want to uh, try new new recipes, but apart from that, it's just on really, it's on. Automat, automa automation sort of thing. And, mm, yeah.
2: You know, Comes with time, uh, doesn't
3: it? Yeah. And
2: beta? Yeah, it's the
4: same for me. Um, I just eat. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> I, that was oh, a oh,
3: way oh, better answer.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I don't think about, I, I, I think that I focus on nutrition. That's yeah. the key word for me. And, and i I was just as uh, Hannah says, I was sort of uh, fanatic, religious in the beginning, and I was going to salve- be the salvation of the all people's health. and I told everyone you need to go low carb, high fat, and I would never do that nowadays because uh, if you if you are healthy and you have no problem and you want to eat healthier, you can, you can still eat bread but you shouldn't be eating the the lousy bread you should eat a uh, a uh, sourdough bread made out of rye that is uh, cooked and baked uh, in a very artisan way and uh, don't uh, the thing with sandwiches i i loved used to love sandwich and the thing is if i had it home and i was alone at home and i was having lunch i thought Oh, I'll well, have a sandwich instead. And that is a, that was a tricky mm. thing for me. But, but it was no, I, and I tried some recipes in the beginning. But nowadays, I, I never, uh, gluten is like, uh, no, no, no. It's,
0: it's no, a it's big no-no enemy. For me. Yeah,
4: the enemy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but I can also, uh, I, I am, I'm quite strict actually most of the time. But I know, as I told you before, I know that what I can afford to do. So if I'm uh, having dinner at a fancy nice restaurant and they have like homemade ice cream, I'll have homemade ice cream. Yeah. I, I, I I, can afford it. My body can afford it because it it happens so seldom. So, um, yeah. So it's it's like that. I eat... What I want, when I want, actually. It's yeah. very easy. Yeah.
2: You said many people, um, going through the menopause believe that we get fat and tired and depressed and that there's nothing they can do about it. What would you, what would you say to those people?
4: I, I would say, first of all, don't have any, uh, what you say is the mother of all, hmm, pre, <laughs> uh, Hannah, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, don't, uh, presumptions yeah. is yeah. the mother yeah. of all. Yeah. yeah exactly. And <laughs> I think that it could be like, uh, uh, pro- um, like if you believe that your menopause will be a pain, it will be a pain. Yeah. And I think that, uh, because my, my mother, she had a terrible time going through menopause, and I've had some flushes sometime, and uh, I, I gained weight in the, I gained, um it was water. I retained water in the beginning, and I got very, very tired in the evenings. But then I read a bit about uh, how this figgy uh, works, and I also took some tests that showed that I uh, lacked uh, progesterone. Mm-hmm. so i i ordered some progesterone from the uk and uh, a bioidentical one and i started using it and uh, it made a huge difference and many times when when uh, when women go to their doctor when they are experience these um, these problems they get estrogen mm-hmm. and that is not what we lack in that phase so um I I I used progesterone I think I used it quite much regularly in the first year and then I took it in periods when I noticed that something was happening again and I haven't touched it now for over a year mm. or more I think and I do not take any estrogen and I'm I am out of the tunnel and I'm on the other <laughs> side, and I feel great, and and that is what I I I do understand that there are women having terrible problems, but uh, I, I I just want people to educate yourself when you because we we start going into menopause when we are like thirty five already, but mm. we we don't notice it, but. You should start to educate yourself, and people and women should talk more to each other yes. about this. Yes. Because when it comes to younger girls, when they get their period, in Sweden, we all got a small package. It was commercial, of course, from a company with information, small brochures, and some products we could try. And it's it's more accepted to talk about that, but not the menopause. And it's the most wonderful time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) So I I I want—I mean—that's one of my missions. I want to show women that you can feel super nice and thrive going through this uh, period. Yeah, of in your life.
2: I actually feel better now, and I attest that to the low carb. I actually feel better now than I did when I was in my 20s. Yes, the same here. And the thing is that, of
4: course, I think I've been doing this for almost 11 years, so I had been doing it for quite a a while when I started to notice those uh, things. And since um, going low carb and eating real food, it will balance your hormones. And yeah. it says so. It's like, of course, it's. Uh, it. I'm sure it has helped me a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: thinking of my mother's problems, and my sister's been going through it as well, and she's always been into real food, and uh, in, in heavy, in full fat dairy and things. Never any light products. So she, she was like smooth, like me as well.
2: Mm. So. And
3: Hannah, you're too young for this, aren't you? I am way too young for this. <laughs> no, You'll but it's get this is, it. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. But yeah. this is uh, actually this is a very good point that Bita made. The thing about actually uh, talking about it and sharing experiences, because of course as as a patient advocate in that way, I know how much that helps. I know and fine, you're not a patient when it comes to, to menopause, but it's sort of the same idea that sharing your experience and how you got through it and and what you did and it's really actually it becomes an inspirational thing to hear that it doesn't have to be terrible and doesn't have to be you know all night sweats and and terrible moods and gaining 500 pounds you know yeah yeah <laughs> it can be achievable to to do it and uh, that there is help to get yeah. yes and guidance. And that,
4: and that you can be fabulous afterwards.
2: Well, duh. And you <laughs> as well, yeah.
4: And before. <laughs> and before, of course. Clearly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess approaching, because oh, this podcast is aimed at over 40s. So, Hannah, how do you feel about, I mean, what would advice as a younger person would you say to those who are over 40 in the difference between? Uh, starting low-carb keto before you're 40 and after you're 40?
3: I quite honestly don't think it matters what age you are when mm-hmm. you start eating real food because your body will appreciate you <laughs> either way. Uh, it's not an age-related thing, I don't think, at all. And even though I had my motivations earlier than that and didn't have to... to. uh to realize it later than, than I already did. That was already late enough. But yeah. I, I don't think that it is an age-related thing. Um, I really think that eating real foods is never wrong. Uh, it will never be too late. And it, uh yeah, it's definitely worth a try. Your body will thank you. Mm. Mm. Um, so tell
2: us a little bit about your low-carb universe.
3: Well, the low carb universe was, as Peter said in the beginning, born out of this, uh, us meeting first of all, but also going to conferences where, where we had to travel really far. That was the first thought, actually. We had to travel really far to the US to meet all of these international experts. And we're like, why isn't there anything like this in Europe? This is ridiculous. So we're like, well, hey, if no one else is going to do it, we're going to do it. So that's how the whole thing started, actually. And we, um, uh, or Bitte uh, had uh, contact with a fantastic hotel in Mallorca, in uh, Puerto de Soyer, called Esplendido. It's beautiful. And that's where we've been now for this is going to be our, well, in November is our fourth event. And uh, yeah, we have uh, come up with a completely new concept in order to bring international health experts to Europe so that we don't have to travel. <laughs> That of was the beginning. The yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then it's developed, of course, from there. But we uh, don't just because a lot of events that one goes to in terms of health and low carb and everything, you sit, you sit on on a chair for from early morning till late afternoon because everyone wants to cram in so much information, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's great. What we've chosen to do is to have speakers in the or presentations in the morning. And then we enjoy a 100% real food, wonderful buffet-style lunch together. And then we have workshops in the afternoon so that you can really get into those questions that you burn a little bit extra for, which we think is, or or we've found is a great, is very appreciated. And is a great approach to actually learning more about specific things. And you don't have to sit there listening to things that you are actually not that interested in, because we all have those topics too. (laughs) Yeah and then we infuse our our events with a oh, well a good amount of spare time so that you know things can sink in you can digest the information you can sit in in our cozy corner and talk to a speaker for example oh what did you mean by that um can you explain a little bit more about that oh i have this problem all of these things that that you don't really get a chance to in in other at other events perhaps and then that we serve all the food that we serve is 100% real food. There's no fake stuff. There's no uh, half stuff. There's no stuff stuff. There's only real food, <laughs> locally <too>. produced, <laughs> locally produced, and and organic as far as possible. And yeah, th- all of this in a beautiful location right on the beachfront, so you can't oh, really complain. Looks,
2: looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I I found out about that. Um... Probably the early part of this year, maybe the latter part of last year. And I thought, oh, that
3: would be a great thing to do. It is beautiful. And it is very, um, it's very appreciated that it is, it is a smaller event than the, for example, the US ones. The US ones are always 200, 300 up to several thousands of people. And this is a very much smaller event. We have a cap of a hundred people. So it becomes more of a retreat rather than huge conference, which is also appreciated because you do get that one-on-one time with uh, both speakers, but also other guests, and you can really uh, form friendships and connections that uh, sometimes last a lifetime. Yeah, Yeah. Well, with you and
4: And the thing is, when it comes, um, this is very unique for, for the guests, of course, but also what we heard from our speakers, since they also, they can hear and listen to the guests what they yeah. so it's a it's a two way communication it's just mm-hmm. not that you're listening to the the speakers and they adapt to everything they say there are discussions and they are listening to the guests and they are so uh, relaxed and uh, enjoying enjoying this and i i need to say also that uh, since we're not sponsored in any way yeah it's true they mm-hmm. can relax also, because no one tells them to pose for a photo with some stupid bars or anything <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs> right. Um, how, how does um, this low carb, I know real food is, is so easy to do and so many people don't do real food, but just keeping your carbs low, how does that fit in with your families? Are your families on board? On, uh, on my
3: side, there is no problem. Uh, this is why my answer is a lot shorter. Both my uh, parents and, and my family and, and my husband and everyone, his family, everyone is on board. And they're trying it out themselves, all of them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great success. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, it's quite different. Yeah. and it comes to mind. Now, but uh, the thing is that my when I started, my daughter has celiac disease. Mm-hmm. And my husband is normal. (laughs) He's a normal guy. And I went into low carb. So if I, for example, made uh, bolognese, sauce bolognese, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: I made broccoli for myself. I uh, prepared gluten-free pasta for my daughter and normal pasta for my husband. But now it has come to that point that if they want pasta or potatoes or anything, they can do it themselves. <laughs> so, and and actually, my my daughter with celiac disease, she's now seventeen years old, and uh, we we sometimes uh, cook and prepare dinner uh, together, and um, then uh, we we she calls for my husband and says, "Daddy, dinner," and my husband comes down to the kitchen and he says. Oh, is there any potatoes? And my daughter, oh, dad, we got broccoli. You don't need (laughs) potatoes. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but, but, um, seriously, uh, me going low carb, it, it means that they are also eating better, though they are eating, they are not eating full uh, low carb because I, I, there's a lot more vegetables and I'm more picky when it comes to quality especially proteins yeah. and um so i think that this has been good for all of us mm-hmm. but, and my i got i got an older daughter she's 27 she's uh, she's even more <laughs> strict than i am when it comes to and she's more experimental and uh, she is doing low carb and she and and her boyfriend they are traveling around trying to find uh beef blood, so they can make uh, uh, beef uh, burgers.
2: That's dedication. Uh, uh, blood, blood, blood.
4: That's dedication, yes. And they only go to small ch- small like farmer shops and buy the best quality meat and uh, vegetables and things like that. And she's really thriving on that one, and so is uh, her boyfriend. So she's uh, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Are
2: there any things that you've noticed that have changed since being low-carb? Um, I mean, you've spoken about some of the benefits, but is there anything specific that you were suffering with before that you don't anymore?
4: I can I can say I, I had my gastritis and uh, my reflux, and I seldom noticed them. But I also had, like 18 years ago, I fell into a depression. Mm-hmm. and uh, i was lying in my sofa crying for like six months and um, then i had it this was uh, when i was expecting my youngest daughter and when she was born i sort of had to shape up a bit but it was like was like oh it's it's hard to go to come back because it's something it's mess it messes up with everything and you don't feel that bright and uh and fast and Doing things, and um i i I came back slowly, but I wasn't like a hundred percent but then, when I started eating low carb i I felt a big difference. It was like I had a clarity of my mind in some way, and I also been struggling with anxiety as long as I can remember, not the way that I had to, to medicate or I've never been to a therapist or something, but, uh, I'm a person that easily gets anxious and that has been like almost completely gone, mm. going this, eating this way. And I was eating, you know, I was eating all the crap. I, I had a grocery store when I was in my twenties and uh, as uh, an owner of a grocery store, you and the, this was in the early '80s, so you can uh, in the late '80s, and you can imagine those when the the calorie uh, thing that you should save calories, you should yeah. have uh, fake uh, cream with just four percent of fat.
2: Yeah,
4: and I I I bought it all. I bought it all, and I been as i said before powders and pills and stupid things and calorie counting through weight watchers none of that helped me with my anxiety let me tell you yeah. <laughs> so and that is why also i i almost never uh, been counting since going low carb i i did some checks and in the beginning to see if i'm was if i was on the right track and uh and when the when the ketone things uh got big, I I started measuring ketones, I've been measuring my blood sugar, but it's just out of curiosity to see how it works. It's not to make sure that I'm eating the right stuff, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So mental health and clarity. Yeah. And
2: stomach, I guess. And Hannah?
3: How um how well, are things different here? Well, I I have to say, it it, it sounds too much, but it really did save my life to start eating real food. It was uh, the best decision that I've ever done, uh, both for myself, my health, and then, yes, my diabetes management. Um, But aside from the diabetes, I have to say that it is so easy (laughs) to, for example, keep the weight stable. Yeah. um weight stability and also what bitter was touching upon with the mental health that has gotten a lot better i've gotten more secure uh in both myself and and in my health i've gotten more i mean i'm indecisive by nature but it it, it became easier to make decisions <laughs> yeah and and it's a lot of, of of small things that just amount up to Making such a huge life altering, um, improvement that, uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't go back. I would never go back to eat uh, the sugary stuff that I did before.
2: Yeah. And I, I guess when, when before you were low carb, then measuring your blood sugar and keeping an eye on it and knowing how much insulin to take and when was, Probably taking up quite a lot of brain, energy, yes, and space. Definitely. How does definitely. that? How has how that changed? Is it a lot less? Do you find it a lot easier
3: now? Well, absolutely, and that's also part of my what I said before about feeling more self secure and then feeling more confident in my health because now I sort of I can't always predict where my blood sugar will be, but I know approximately where it should be. And of course, technology in this past. Wait, when did I start? 10 years ago yeah 9 years ago or something um has changed so much that it has become easier in that way too but yes definitely it takes a lot less brain power <laughs> that yeah. i can then focus on other things like you know creating Europe's healthiest event and stuff like that <laughs> excellent
2: <laughs> so before we come up to our final questions um do you want to tell people where how they can connect with you where they can find you
4: They can find us on Facebook, uh, the Low Carb Universe, our Facebook page. And we also uh, are active on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, what are we on Twitter and Instagram, Hannah?
3: (laughs) On Instagram, we are at the Low Carb Universe. And on Twitter, we are the LC Universe because it was too long. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. too difficult for me. (laughs) and
4: we have our webpage yes uh, the com, mm-hmm. and, and our podcast our podcast yes. which is your weekly health boost yeah yeah and we're on every place you can be almost on itunes on or on our uh, webpage
3: yeah great it's easy to catch us <laughs> yeah and if there are any questions you can always 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 contact us somewhere or email us at uh, info at com, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can.
2: Right. Yep. So, looking back on your low carb, real foods, keto journey, what, if anything, would you do differently if you were starting again now? Nothing.
4: Or maybe, <laughs> may, may, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, less preaching in the beginning.
3: Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, that's uh, more, less uh, preaching, yes, more leading by example, I think I would change. And then I would probably just have the confidence of going keto sooner. But I mean, I'm very appreciative of my journey from from a normal Western diet, unfortunately, normal Western diet to keto as it went. But maybe to uh, just have that trust in that everything would work out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hindsight is always, you know, the That's clearest. A it's a wonderful yeah. thing.
2: It's a wonderful thing. But there will be people, listeners out there that will be uh, maybe just starting out. So yeah. that would be good to know. So with that said, what three tips would you give to someone starting on a low-carb business? You Find your own way.
4: Uh you can get inspired by others, but don't think that, that what one uh Instagram account is showing in keto or low carb will do the thing for you because we are not the same. We function the same in the core, but there are so many things around us that uh, uh, makes an impact on how we react to, to things and read uh. Reed, uh get knowledge about this way of eating. And uh, I would actually say that the best book I've read in this matter, it's The Food Revolution by Dr. Andreas Enfeld. It was an eye-opener, and it's so easy, and it has a lot of years now. It's it's quite old, mm. and uh, but it's so use, use useful because it's so simple, and he's written it in a very very nice way so and uh i don't know third just do it go for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't
3: be afraid i Uh, I think for me it would be find some sort of starting resource so for me what i recommend people doing now is actually dietdoctor.com has a fantastic two-week challenge It's a great start to just see what it is all about. You get the recipes, you get the shopping list, everything. It's for free. It's great. So you can just try it out and see how you feel. And then after that, you can go into the individuality thing, everything. Um, Number two is don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. The amount of messages I get from people. Oh, but my ketones are so low and they started two days ago. I'm like, yeah, but don't, you know, just no. (laughs) It's way too easy to start fixing and and caring about ketones after two days, you have to really get into it first. And then you can start don't overthink. Yeah. Don't overthink. it. And then going back to my point a couple of minutes ago, find these people who lead by example. Don't listen to these uh, preachers that that, uh, you know, this is the, the golden way of, of keto or low carb. No, it it, it may be for them. For people in the real world, you have to listen to yourself and, as Peter said, get inspired by others. So find leaders that lead by example.
2: Yeah, role models rather yes. than hmm. preachers. Hmm. Yep. Excellent. So thank you for joining me. Um, oh, thank you and thank you so much having for having, a, having uh, us. This great was fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. That was a great interview, Jackie. You know, thanks for taking the. The interview by yourself obviously yeah how did you get on without me yeah i
2: don't know but yeah we managed
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i'm here now so you're gonna have a hard time getting rid of me but that was really fantastic two you know wonderful journeys from two wonderful women and it's really great that they've come together at that time for low carb universe and um, we wish them all the best for their futures yeah and Um,
2: They're taking, uh, well, Hannah's taking bookings for the Low Carb Universe 2020. It all seems to be going ahead for November this year. So, And you can book in. It's great. It looks wonderful.
1: And it's really fantastic that obviously, you know, tourism is hopefully going to be open up and everybody's going to, you know, brave the new world later in the year. So that'll be really great for obviously, you know, tourism, and events such as the low carb universe some of the things that they've mentioned will be in the show notes which will be f- which you can find on the fabulously keto website jackie can you remind me the link
0: to the website yep fabulously forward slash podcast forward slash zero zero
1: three great and yeah so any of the details that will be there like the low carb universe uh, web link for the bookings. And yeah, all the information can be found on the show notes.
0: It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish.
1: Can you recommend a guest week can in interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation.
0: Follow us on social media. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know that you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TF